Greetings, I'm Brad Thomas, and this is After All is Said and Done. Welcome. After all is said and done, then we will know, won't we? But perhaps we can know now, if we choose to. In a previous program, I happened to mention some influencers, some Pied Pipers, notably Chrissy Teigen, that social media superstar who enjoys the adulation of 35-plus million followers, or dare I say foolowers, and growing. <laughs> Who's, who can say how many more groupies uh, she will <laughs> add to the number that uh, hang on her every word and see her as this fabulous role model of modern behavior and thought for young women and so forth. But I mentioned also David Field, the chief executive officer, head honcho, boss of Intercom Communications, which claims to be the second largest radio broadcasting network in this nation. And (laughs) the ones that are the largest in this nation, they could understandably be viewed as the largest in the world, but I know they claim to be number two. Uh, it doesn't quite seem to be, to bear out uh, as far as the evidence there. Uh, would, as far as I can make it out, Cumulus is clearly in second place, but anyway, they claim to be. David Field, he too, again, a great influencer, a leader in the broadcasting world, radio broadcasting world, making a mark for himself after, you could say, inheriting the company from his father. But there are others. But I do want to, again, mention these two in particular. So here... A bit ago, a while ago, it's been five years and counting now, I guess actually, well, five and a half years, Barilla Pasta, which was one of the four largest pasta manufacturers in the world, out of Italy, and enjoying success and uh, what have you, fame in places as perhaps unlikely as Harvard University. (laughs) But something happened. This terrible, terrible thing happened. That is that the chairman, Guido Barilla, he happened to have an interview and... He stated that he would never do a commercial with a homosexual family, not for lack of respect, but because we don't agree with them. That was the quote. But Claudio Calzani, who had ever so recently become the CEO there, he heard that and he was aghast. Aghast. Oh, What's going to happen to their market share? 
Or as he said, even though he was concerned about the company's market share, he was even more concerned about the company now being viewed as being out of date, out of touch. Yes, terrible thing. Well, he went right to work to make Barilla a champion of the sodomite activist agenda. And he has succeeded in doing so and has received highest marks. Barilla has now for five years running from the exceedingly sodomite friendly advocacy group known as Human Rights Campaign, which has given Barilla its highest marks the past five years. Just a sign of such good things. But meanwhile, and so they've become a spokesperson for the sodomite activists. It's just just tremendous. But uh, Chrissy Teigen, she too was aghast. She was more than aghast. And she immediately responded, as is her want. This is, you know, she is unrestrained. She just speaks off the top of her head, whatever comes her way. And she leads the lemmings off the cliff. But Chrissy Teigen, she tweeted, which is, of course, the favored means of communication nowadays, as you can see with our commander-in-chief, our president, yes, Donald Trump. But Chrissy tweeted to her followers that she would fund sodomite pornography filmed in a bathtub filled with linguine. What a cute, clever thing, don't you think? I mean, it's just... So, oh my, uh, so commendable. And again, she currently, last I saw, enjoyed the following, the support, the adulation of 35 plus million. But, you know, give it a year, it'll probably be 200 million, you know. It's like Jeff Bezos's net worth. It just keeps on <laughs> uh, multiplying, you know. But in any case, wonderful role model. Wonderful, wonderful role model. Known for her beauty, even though, frankly, her beauty is so inferior <laughs> to that of my mother. But, uh, but this young woman, she's just, you know, so drop-dead beautiful, supposedly. And I find it fascinating that Jeffrey Katzenberg has seen fit to, among other things, (laughs) to put her in a position as judge, right? As judge, jury, executioner, Chrissy Teigen. Who better? Who better for this role in Katzenberg's Queeby video-on-demand service. Yes, Chrissy's Court, in which she will reign as the judge over various small claims cases, (laughs) and her rulings are bindings. And I, I couldn't help but think, this is the logical... 
place that our courts are going, isn't it? I mean, really, it is the logical extension of where we are now. We have these extreme leftist courts. Some, of course, would claim the exact opposite is true, but extreme leftist activist courts, right on up to the United States Supreme Court, and (laughs) federal judges who have their positions for life and who have really engaged in a reign of terror in this nation, frankly, of gross injustice. But why not celebrity judges, right? Oprah and Chrissy Teigen and maybe Ellen DeGeneres or Degenerate or whatever, maybe, maybe Rosie O'Donnell. Why not? (laughs) Why not? I mean... Uh, how is it worse to then have uh, sodomite celebrity judges like Ellen and Rosie than to have the judges that we have, like Ruth Bader Ginsburg, who immediately rushed out, if you will, in a manner of speaking, and performed a sodomite so-called marriage after they passed their landmark ruling, <laughs> as did Kamala Harris. Uh, then Attorney General in California, now U.S. Senator, first-term U.S. Senator, and, of course, presidential aspirant. But I just think it would be entirely in keeping for Chrissy Teigen to to then go from Chrissy's court to becoming a federal judge. I know it would be, you know, not as exciting for her as the things that she does, but why not? federal judge, and then she could be nominated to the U.S. Supreme Court, right? And it can be all girls there. We can have Ellen and Rosie and Oprah and Chrissy and Michelle Obama and Hillary. I mean, what fun, right? They could just, as bad as things have gotten in this nation, yes, they could make them worse. And that's the challenge for anybody vying for presidency, is that it's so easy to continue the momentum to make things that much worse. But to roll back the tide and make things better, that is an incredible, incredible undertaking, to say the least. But I also, again, mentioned David Field, the head of Entercom, and his cause celeb, which shockingly enough, is again the sodomite activist agenda. And he addressed the august body of his co-leaders. After all, he's just, you know, one of many equals there. (laughs) He is in charge. But uh, outline his agenda, which was to push this aggressive agenda of various priorities, keeping the company playing offense. And it just so happens that his channel Q, as in channel queer, is numero uno on his priority list. David, I don't know if he's Jewish. Could be. That name makes me think that. Katzenberg must be. Entertainment industry is full of Jewish people. And ones that 
in many cases, support extreme leftist causes. But, you know, (laughs) the idea that Jewry, that the Jewish faith is behind all manner of evils, is false. Jesus Christ stated that salvation is of the Jews. It's not the Jewish faith. It's Jewish people, Jewish by lineage, who do not worship God, do not honor God, do not obey God, and instead war against God. But it's, that's not limited to Jews. Heavens, no. I mean, there are people that have been brought up Christian, <laughs> been raised Catholic, and what have you, and have turned out to be exceedingly vicious, ruthless enemies of God and of his Christ. So people should not leap to the conclusion anywhere, not here, not in Europe, not in Russia, nowhere, that Jewry, somehow or other, is the bad guy. It's not. Unfortunately, they don't recognize Jesus as Christ, as Messiah, and that is, frankly, just uh, very tragic. It's nothing short of tragic, but (laughs) I speak about things like that in my other programs, uh, other than this News Talk program. So I'll save it for there. And you can find links to those on the website. But, again, this outstanding cause celeb of David Field. Yes. Channel Q. Channel Queer. It is the LGBTQ plus talk radio network. I I don't know what the plus stands for, except all I can think is there are more letters coming, right? Currently lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer, but assuredly they're going to be adding in some more letters because it says plus talk radio network, channel Q. And it is in 19 major media markets. Very exciting. <laughs> uh, can't wait for the, for the next developments on this. It is dedicated. This outstanding network, Channel Queer, is dedicated to celebrating the LGBTQ plus community, according to Entercom, according to the company, it is. It is just, just tremendous. Promoting evil. Am I saying that sodomites are evil? No. But they engage in abomination. And to promote that for children and for young people and for others, to cause contagion of that is evil. And David Field, who may well not be of that persuasion, he is doing everything in his power to promote that evil, and that is evil. But I happened to mention in combination with this, Joseph Pulitzer and his words. And while they may not seem to be immediately relevant pertaining to this, they are in fact absolutely on point. 
And so to repeat these two paragraphs from Joseph Pulitzer again, quote, Our republic and its press will rise or fall together. An able, disinterested, public-spirited press with trained intelligence to know the right and courage to do it can preserve that public virtue without which popular government is a sham and a mockery. A cynical, mercenary, demagogic press will produce in time a people as base as itself. The power to mold the future of the republic will be in the hands of the journalists of future generations. What does that have to do with social media? What does that have to do with radio broadcasting and podcasts and streaming media and video on demand and all of that? What does it have to do? Simple. It is that our press has migrated into distribution by these new media ends. New and newer and newest and yet to be rolled out means of distribution to the masses, to we, the great unwashing masses. Yes. That a virtuous media can preserve the public virtue. There is no virtue in abomination. That shouldn't need to be said, but it does because of where we are in this nation, courtesy of our wonderful, esteemed, illustrious leaders, whether on the Supreme Court, in federal judgeships, in halls of power in Congress, and White House, and so forth. Yes, lest you not be aware, Donald Trump, when he took over some extremely famous beauty pageants, or if you prefer, scholarship pageants, he was an advocate for sodomites. But he showed that in his leadership very disgracefully. But here, Chrissy Teigen, influencer, social media superstar, she influences, she leads more than 35 million followers, foolowers, not to mention all of the other millions who still pay attention to her but are just not (laughs) signed up, (laughs) subscribed as followers or foolers, but who nonetheless are influenced by her. And then David Field with Entercom, which, again, as far as I can see, is number three <laughs> radio broadcast network at the most. But, you know, they claim number two. That's fine. <laughs> he certainly is, again, in that position of having enormous influence over huge numbers of people. And whether he is simply motivated by greed, it could be, you know. It could be that the only motivation here with regard to this Channel Q championing advocacy, it could be that the only motivation is greed. 
That is possible. I doubt it, frankly. I, I, I think that there is more to it than that. And you see that with movies. You will see that with various different major production companies and individual producers and executive producers and other Hollywood executives and what have you, that they will go ahead and invest in different projects, different movies, not only based on whether they think they can make a profit and a huge profit, but also based on whether it is something that they believe in or that they want to promote. Those (laughs) matters count very heavily. They provide them with intrinsic rewards so that even if the thing bombs and they keep promoting it and, of course, the great artistic critics that they will say how wonderful, how outstanding, how brilliant, what a work of genius it is, no matter how it is (laughs) failing at the box office, to push it, to promote it, to puff it, to advance it, and to cause people to watch it. It's not just a profit motive. With so many projects, it's not. Profit motive is supreme, but it is not alone. There is also this matter of promoting evil agendas that various powerful individuals hold very dear indeed. But, yes, the power to mold the future is in the hands of these people. Unfortunately, tragically, monstrously, it is in the hands of these social media influencers like Chrissy Teigen and in the hands of these corporate executives like David Field, who heads up Entercom, who is not a broadcaster in the sense of broadcasting, who was not a broadcaster, but rather has a background more akin to that of Jared Kushner. But, yes, fascinating. (laughs) I say, like him, I mean, same company, Goldman and Sachs, uh, which has been involved in so many things, and I will touch on that shortly. But I did happen to mention, and I will repeat this, that with regard to this matter of Joseph Pulitzer, his comments concerning the press, you might say, well, that is really ancient history. What did he know? You know, what did he know? Who's he to tell us what we should do, what we should listen to, what we should believe? He's back in the Stone Age, you know, right? Well, going back further in the Stone Age, I happened to mention Meyer Amschel Bauer, who took the name Rothschild, and a couple of his principles from his 14-point plan. When you say principles, do not, when I say that, do not confuse that with principled, because his principles were evil, but... Interestingly enough, they're the same things that crop up in socialism and in communism. 
But this goes back to 1773, his plan for world enslavement. And a couple of those points, which I mentioned before, one was to control all outlets of public information. More difficult now with the advent of the Internet and social media, even though social media is overwhelmingly, you could say controlled, I don't know if controlled is the word, but by a handful of companies. But control of all outlets of public information. And as I mentioned, you don't really need ownership to enjoy this kind of control. Not when you have people like David Field in positions of leadership, or even even social media influencers like Chrissy Teigen. Incredibly enough, impossibly enough, you don't. And then another extremely important cornerstone, in addition to controlling all public information and communication, is to corrupt the youth of all nations, something which, again, Chrissy... (laughs) is actively involved with, as is David, of course. Very important. But And the end goal is to achieve world enslavement. How do you do that? How do you leap from, you know, control of communication and information and corrupting the youth to enslaving the world? Well... You teach them all that in addition to pursuing immorality and abomination, that better read than dead, right? It doesn't have to be red. Pick your color. Blue, purple, orange, green, doesn't matter. Green like Ralph Nader. But better that than dead. Better to capitulate than to die. Resistance is futile. Well, there were, again, other examples of that. That was 1773. You know, back when this nation was not a nation yet, when it was colonies. And brave, bold, and you could say believing, God-believing, God-honoring, God-worshipping, God-fearing at least, people were fighting, were jeopardizing their lives, their fortunes, their so-called sacred honor, in order to establish an independent nation from the tyranny of Britain. And when you look at the tyranny of Britain that this nation this nation building, this nation founding was motivated by, it was nothing compared to the tyranny enjoyed by our federal government over the past many decades over the people of the United States of America, at least over the Christian people and patriotic people in the United States of America, the silent majority of Richard Milhouse Nixon's speeches. But additionally, That was 1773. So then fast forward all the way to 
1846 and Karl Marx and his Communist Manifesto. And we have in his 10 key priorities, we have government ownership of communication and government control of education. Control communication and information and subvert and corrupt and pervert the youth. And then we fast forward to 1919, and again communism, communist rules for revolution, the red rules of 1919. Number one, out of eight keys, number one, corrupt the young. Subvert them, corrupt them, pervert them sexually. Number two, Break down the old moral virtues. Number five, get the people's attention on sexual sin athletics off of government. And number six, control all media, among others. But that's 1919. And here we are now. 2019, yes, it's exciting, but that's where we are. And I mentioned before, number eight is to cause the registration of all firearms in order to eventually confiscate them. You see, they're not concerned about firearms in the hands of gangsters, of gangs, of thugs, of organized crime. That's not a problem. No, it really has no no fear factor for the rulers, the powers that be. They can snuff them out at any time. They can send the army into these places and just obliterate this gang and that gang. Not a problem. What they fear is means of self-defense in the hands of a very large number of members of the general population who still have morals, who still have mores, who still have faith in God, (laughs) and who answer to God rather than to an evil regime. That's what they fear. Speaking of that, Well, actually, before I continue, let me just say, I'm Brad Thomas, and this is After All is Said and Done. And whatever is right and true and good in this program, meaning all of these programs of After All is Said and Done, whatever is, is thanks to God Almighty and His Holy Son, Jesus Christ. Whatever's lacking, erring, deficient, that is due to me. But again, speaking of this this desire, this thirst, this lust for world domination, hegemony, enslavement, enslavement of the masses, the great unwashing masses, (laughs) yes, the United Nations, the United Nations, oh, that peace organization, that international peace organization, that bastion of... Uh, pacifism, the United Nations, its deputy high commissioner, 
Kate Gilmore. She stated the following. It's clear. It's torture. It's a deprivation of a right to health. This is a crisis. It's a crisis directed at women. End quote. What is that concerning? You might ask yourself. What could she possibly be referring to? She is referring to recent developments with regard to state laws in the United States of America that are restricting induced abortion, so-called elective abortion. She goes on to say it's an assault on truth, science, and universal values and norms. Universal values and norms as stipulated by the United Nations and by this feminazi deputy high commissioner, Kate Gilmore, stormtrooper par excellence. It is gender-based violence against women, no question. Again, her words, okay? Yes. Oh, my. That's what it is. Really. It doesn't have anything to do with some belated and limited and incremental protections and safeguards for unborn babies, including unborn girl babies. No, certainly not. But you see, if the great world leaders, the movers and shakers, the great world think tank, if they have their way and they have been enjoying great success against the United States of America for a very long time, if they have their way, there will be no independent nations. All will be subservient to one leadership, one rulership, one regime. Am I saying that the United Nations is absolutely, positively going to be proven to be the mechanism by which (laughs) these powers behind the screens, behind the curtains, manage to enslave the world? No, I'm not going to say that, even though it is extremely likely, (laughs) without getting into what God says in the Bible, it's extremely likely. But if it is not the sole governing body and mechanism, It is absolutely part of the problem. It is absolutely part of the leadership of the vast coalition to enslave this world. And they make use, they make great use of their low friends in high places like David Field of Entercom and Chrissy Teigen. 
Chrissy Teigen of Chrissy's Court, Chrissy Teigen of Queez, was it Queedy? A Queeby, Queeby video on demand service of Jeffrey Katzenberg's leadership. So great use of these people, David and Chrissy and Jeffrey, yes, to further their ends. But they have their other champions like Ruth Bader Ginsburg, Kamala Harris, Elizabeth Warren, Hillary Rodham Clinton. And the list just goes on and on and on. Now, I just mentioned women. I could also be naming men. And I left out Nancy Pelosi. Sorry, Nancy. So uh, that was not an oversight. I was just giving a sampling of people there. But the United Nations and the International Criminal Court, yes, they should rule and reign. And, and they will. They will. The only question is whether they will be whether the U.N. will be in the number one position or if it will be in the next tier or the next tier under that. But it will be part of the world enslaving regime. Now, speaking of something right, something good, yes, I'm going out on a limb here and saying good, (laughs) that the Trump administration has done is pertaining, again, to to dear Kate. Uh, It is this, that the Trump administration announced this month, announced that it is discontinuing all research at the National Institutes of Health pertaining to use of Human fetal tissue. Baby tissue. Baby body parts that are obtained via induced or elective abortions, via the evil, the monstrous slaughter of babies, via, oh, that women's unassailable right. Something that was absolutely the most hated and despised evil per the leaders of women's suffrage. Yes. But Trump administration, what is it associated with in your mind's eye? What do you think of when you hear Trump, when you hear Trump administration? I mean, certainly, it's not all positive, it's not all good. And yet, ironically, extraordinarily, almost inexplicably, despite his lack of a moral center, (laughs) despite his lack of convictions... (laughs) Astonishingly enough, there have been enough decent people employed by this administration that have been given a free hand, more or less, to do some positive things. And this is one of them. In addition to putting an end to, curtailing, stopping, all of this research, this scientific research using 
baby cadavers, if you will, that (laughs) remaining tissue from babies that were murdered, that were slaughtered by induced abortion, courtesy of such wonderful organizations as Margaret Sanger's Planned Parenthood. That wonderful defender of women's rights, right? She was a horrendous racist. She was an absolute fascist stormtrooper and a great, great adorer or follower of Charles Darwin and survival of the fittest and a great subverter and coercer and exploiter of black ministers in particular, getting them to influence, to act as Chrissy Teigen's and David Field's forebears and to influence their congregations to accept various evils that she was promoting. But in addition to shutting down this research by National Institutes of Health, the Trump administration also has seen fit not to renew a very long-running contract with the United States Illuminary University of California at San Francisco that engages in such research. Yes. UCSF, University of California, San Francisco. Practically my hometown. (laughs) But perhaps you saw from the Netherlands this girl 17 years of age who was violently raped which (laughs) is part of the definition of the historical definition of rape but of course uh, these things have been redefined by yes feminists and so forth but this girl was violently raped when she was 14 years of age. She has suffered severe depression since then. And all of the wonderful mental health providers there in the Netherlands, they have failed to heal her, cure her of this depression. And so... The Netherlands, which is absolutely the tip of the spear when it comes to promotion of so-called euthanasia, assisted suicide, so-called, it helped. Now, I mentioned that just very recently the Netherlands has decreased the age required for physician-assisted suicide, doctor-assisted suicide, has reduced it to 18 years of age. But this girl was 17. So apparently, she was merely permitted to starve and dehydrate to death. But rest assured, 
that she was given medication to enable her to do this. Isn't that thoughtful, compassionate, merciful, loving, a 17-year-old girl? Not protected from death, but instead her death being facilitated, enabled, empowered by the Netherlands, by its exceedingly evil regime. And of course, Netherlands happens to have monarchy. <laughs> oh, it's ceremonial, but they have monarchy. Yes, it's, it's so wonderful. Uh, it just I mean, gives you goosebumps as far as the royal families and all of the excitement about that. But now some people have opined. I have, <laughs> I did some programs on euthanasia years ago, TV programs, but concerning the evil of euthanasia. But some have opined, and rightly so, absolutely correctly so, that there is what they refer to as a slippery slope. I don't really care for that terminology particularly, but namely that once physician-assisted suicide is legalized, once it is legislated and it is accepted, then the next step, is for the medical professional community to encourage suicide. Not only to assist, but to encourage it, to promote it. And then the next step is for the medical community, the professionals, the medical professionals who once upon a time, back in the dark ages, took the Hippocratic oath to do no harm. But now, now we are so advanced, just like in the Nazi regime and under Joseph Stalin's Soviet regime and under Mao's Chinese communist regime and so forth, we are so advanced that then the next step after encouraging and promoting suicide that by the medical professionals is then pressuring so-called suicide. By the time you get to encouraging and pressuring, you cannot call it suicide. It's murder. And frankly, medically assisted suicide is murder. It's all murder. Suicide is a euphemism. It is a lie. And then after pressuring so-called suicide by medical professionals, exerting this pressure, then involuntary euthanasia. But they're all a matter of degree. Now, I would hold that we're not necessarily going to see this kind of a four-point progression or migration or however you care to term it. But instead... Instead of it being a slippery slope, it will just be a slide. It will start here and it will just zoom to the end. (laughs) But in this United States of America, I've commented on it before. 
time and again that while we have this love affair with destroyers, and even though there are so very, very, very many thousands of vicious murders committed in this nation every year, and so very, very, very many other attempted vicious murders, that how many of these destroyers are executed? Well, none of those who fail, (laughs) because that's a lesser crime. If they fail to, if they shot the person 10 times, if they stabbed them 20 times, and they survive miraculously, then they haven't committed murder, and they can't be executed, and so forth. But again, execution, how often does it happen in this nation, the United States of America? About 90 times a year. Oh, that is such a deterrent. And then, like as not, it is a quarter century after the fact, if it happens at all. But, but meanwhile, while that is the case, we have judges who are issuing edicts for people, including very young women, very young, who have been violently raped and beaten nearly to death and so forth, and who are in a coma, or who are not in a coma but are not able to communicate, who have not recovered fully, or who have been in car accidents, or have been hit by drunk drivers, or stoned drivers, and various other things, and they haven't recovered fully, and they have some family members that are evil and want them done away with, and these wonderful judges who believe in doing the just thing, the merciful thing, when it, the merciful things for the evil, but not for the good, not for the innocent, not for these... And they order them to be put to death by starvation and dehydration. And we'll even have police, off-duty police, on-duty police, state troopers, and so forth, guarding the rooms that they are in in various facilities while they are being put to death. But that's the United States of America in which we live. Currently, that's not counting all of the others that are allowed to die, that are actually, (laughs) their deaths are facilitated. And it can be very soon after a terrible incident, a terrible accident, or a violent attack, or what have you. Now, A fellow who is famous, a famous writer, author, historian, Victor Davis Hanson, he wrote something saying that uh, the title was, Is Germany Becoming Germany Again? (laughs) And I did not find in it what I was expecting to find. But the question is, a more pertinent question is, is Germany having a revival to a militarist regime with designs on world enslavement. No, I don't see that. (laughs) I don't see that. That's not what he was saying, but I don't see that. But that's not to say that it is not absolutely 
promoting this idea that all of the free nations in the world should capitulate and come under the rule of a world regime. Not Germany, but a world regime such as the U.N. So how does something like that come about? How is that possible? You may ask. Well, it's a multi-pronged attack. It's a multifaceted wonder. You have the promotion of all manner of evil, society-destroying agenda item points or tentacles, such as induced abortion, that was so hated and loathed by Susan B. Anthony and Elizabeth Cady Stanton, who referred to it as a horrible crime of child murder, a crying evil, an outrage against the laws of nature and our common humanity. But there are other things, too. The matter of the disarming of the public, the matter of the persuasion of the masses by influencers and those who hold the reins of communications. I'm Brad Thomas, and this is After All is Said and Done. After all is said and done, then we will know, won't we? But perhaps we can know now if we choose to. Thank you. Thank you.